In chapter 15, Israel sings the song of the sea. They have witnessed God's redemption. They have seen the hand of God in their word, Hashem Ishmuchama, God of war. And that they cross over the sea and they begin the journey in the desert. The song of the sea ended with the verse, Vatikach Miriam, Miriam, the prophetess, we are told, at the end of chapter 15. Sister of Aaron, Vatikach Miriam, Aaron, the prophetess, Yatatov Biyada, she took a timbrel in her hand, and the women, all the women went out after her to dance with timbrels. Sing to the Lord, God has triumphed gloriously. Horse and driver, God has hurled into the sea, which of course is the beginning of Shiratayam. So the women get the last word, they were instrumental in the redemption from Egypt. Moshe's mother, Moshe's sister, Pharaoh's daughter. And they sing to the God, the triumphant God. And then, after we leave Miriam and the Shira, we come to Mara and Marim. And that's different. That's about traveling in the desert, where there is no water. Or if there is water, it's a bit of water. And here, the people will not need the God of war. Although the God of war may appear from time to time, but fundamentally, the God who was needed in the desert is the God who cares for God's people. The God who protects, the God who cares, the God who nourishes. And the people don't, have not yet experienced that God, and they need to experience that God. So they travel into the desert, the first stop, very important stop of Marah, at the end of chapter 15. And then in chapter 16, they're walking in the desert, they're beginning the journey, a journey that will take much longer than the reader or the people there realize, but it's a journey. And the people say, we have nothing to eat. Chapter 16. In Egypt, we had food. In their description, chapter 16, verse number 3, Mi'itenu tenu biyad Hashem biyaretz mitzrayim b'shiftenu al-sir ha-basar b'yachrenu lechem l'asova. In Egypt, we, uh, we had the, um, the flesh pots of Egypt. Sir basar We had uh, a fill of bread. Lechem l'asova. We had a lechem and we had basar. We had a sustaining food. Here in the desert, But you have taken us, they say to Moshe, you have taken us into the desert, and complaint is against Aaron as well, to cause us to die of starvation. It's interesting, they don't say that God took us out, you took us out. They don't see God in that way. And the next verse, God said to Moshe, sounds like it's a consequence of the speech to Moshe. Maybe it's a coincidence of sorts. But God says to Moshe, either in direct response, or simply saying, this is the plan. I will rain down bread from heaven, mamtir, the word matar, we've been noted earlier, it's a term that applies to rain. It applies to those things that typically factor or figure in 
God's way of relating to the world, typically God's judgment. The fire and brimstone rain down upon Sodom. The flood rains down upon the earth in the story of Noah. The rain in the book of Deuteronomy will come or not come depending on the people's actions. It's God's response to people's behavior. Here too, the man will be mamtir lechem. God will be mamtir lechem in Hashemayim. V'yatsam v'laktu dvayom v'yomo. And the people will go out and collect it every day. Dvayom v'yomo. That's a very important point about the man. The man is to, be, is to be collected every day because you can't actually save the man from day to day. <coughs> we'll get to that in a moment. But the purpose is the man anasendu. In order that I test them, whether they abide by my Torah or not. So the purpose of the man, apart from simply sustaining them in the desert, because there are many ways to sustain them in the desert. But the man's purpose is Luman Anasenu, in order to test them. Now the question is, how does the man serve as a test? Regarding this question, we have a dispute, two different interpretations, which have been provided to us by two of the great medieval exegetes. Perhaps the two greatest medieval exegetes, one of which is, is Rashi, and the other is the Ramban, Nachmanides. Rashi's understanding of Roman Anasendu, Hayelech Ti Imro, that the man is a test whether you abide by the Torah, Rashi's understanding is it relates to the specific commandments to the mitzvot, the commandments or the prohibitions that relate to the man. And specifically, as chapter 16 unfolds, there are two specific things you can't do when it comes to the man. The first is you can't actually save it from day to day. You can't leave it over. That appears later on. <coughs> um, in verse number... Verse number 15. Verse number 19. Vayomer Moshe Alehem, Ish Ayoter Mimenu Ad Boker. No one should leave it till the morning. That's one prohibition. Not to leave it over. You can only collect it day by day. And the second prohibition is that you're not allowed to collect it on the Shabbat. On the sixth day, you collect the double portion. But Moshe tells them not to go on the Shabbat. Uh, not to try to collect it on the Shabbat. That's the second prohibition. So Rashi says that's the man. The man is a test. The man teaches us to abide by God's rules, by God's law. The prohibition, it's interesting, of not leaving it over. We have already encountered such a prohibition in the book of Exodus, and that's with the Paschal Sacrifice. Said the Torah in chapter 12, don't leave the Paschal sacrifice till the morning. The sacrifice must be consumed that night, Paschal sacrifice. That suggests to us that the man has a sacrificial cast. And the second prohibition of not collecting on the, on the Shabbat also recalls for us something in the book of Exodus. In the construction of the Mishkan, 
the Torah emphasized very much in building God's sacred place, you're not allowed to work on the Sabbath. So there's something about the man that is related to, to God's place, to the holy, to the sacred. Restrictions relating to that which is sacred. One could even see the man as a kind of foreshadowing of the Mishkan. It's a Mishkan on a different level. It's a Mishkan that relates to the way you live day by day, to food. But there's elements of sanctity. That's Rashi. The Ramban says no. That's not what it means, The purpose of the man, says the Ramban, is primarily to teach faith. It's to teach the way one lives in the world. And the Ramban cites the verse in Deuteronomy, and speaking of the man, God caused you to suffer. God caused you to be hungry. Rob is starvation. To teach you. You don't live by lechem alone. But rather, but by God, the utterances that emerge from God's mouth. Not what you take into your mouth. But the utterances of, utterances of, God's, of God's word. That's the idea of the desert experience. And the month of the Ramban, what is very central is Devayom Biyomo. The man comes every day. You can't save it. That means you're always dependent upon God. And you only get what you actually need. You don't get what you want. You want to collect it, says the Torah, according to your needs and the needs of the family. The purpose of the food, that which sustains us physically, is to allow us to connect spiritually. And therefore, it's what you need to have not what you want to have. And these two interpretations, Rashi and the Ramban, are actually consistent in their commentaries on the Torah. Rashi is always emphasizing the particular mitzvot, and the Ramban, though of course he takes the mitzvot very seriously, is typically emphasizing something that goes beyond the mitzvot. The mitzvot are necessary for the Ramban, but never sufficient. The ultimate goal for the Ramban is the Mishkan, is the temple, is the holy place, is Kedoshim Tiyu. So Rashi and the Ramban, the two great exegetes, have different interpretations of the Man, and that is representative of the general approach to the mitzvot of the Torah.